What's going on, everyone? This is City Wrestling Radio, and this, this is the B Show. I'm your host, Corey Smith. I'm hanging out in the Diamond Studio. That's right, this wonderful million-dollar recording studio I have, I'm sitting in today. Uh, but join... Star Wars poster is worth 50 alone. You know, of those millions of dollars I paid for, yes. Uh, but I'm your host, Corey Smith, being joined today via Zoom, my co-host over here on my left, Mr. Michael Vergara. Corey, uh, regardless of your decision, I think I speak for everyone in saying that this episode episode of the B Show will be the best podcast ever recorded. Okay, and then the little it just ends. Yeah, it was, it was uh, that uh, poor woman, Charlie yeah, well, Caruso. Well, you're referencing that poor, yeah, Charlie that poor Caruso, woman. Um, referencing the uh, upcoming greatest wrestling match ever between Randy Orton and Edge. Uh, that they you could see at at, like Randy Orton nearly corpsing. Like there was a close up of Randy Orton. He was just kind of smirking. Like, like she, he was probably thinking the same thing. Like they make this woman say the dumbest stuff every Monday imaginable. I and wonder if every dumb thing they up her contract just a little bit. They're like just up the money just a little bit more and more. And she's like, all right, all right screw it. Like then. all the questions that she asked, like Ray Mysterio, what's it like? How does it feel now? Even though you felt how does it feel to be dead? Ten feet stories into a building, yeah. and then they make him say dumb shit, even though he somehow just makes it work. It's just that I, I, do you think I feel Oka- like every, think, but the, yeah, go ahead. Do you think Okada and Kenny Omega saw the end of that promo? And they were like, what? What do you what? I think they're gonna be fine. I think that I think they're gonna be fine. Yeah. But yeah, it's just that I would I haven't heard much of the internet scuttlebutt as far as like that whole, you know, thing is concerned. But then like Charlie Caruso, I just feel like everybody is just kind of aware that she's made to say that rather than that's you know, that's genuinely well, yeah. her saying that. Look at Dasha. Yes. I mean Yes, look at Dasha. Look at nearly everybody. Look at Dasha. Well, yeah, look look at Dasha. But like, look at like every single person in that company who who's no longer with that company, and just show how well spoken they are. Like, look look at the revival. Like, look at this. There's this one podcast that Tino Sabatelli did with Dan Matha, and it was just two hours of them just speaking so like eloquently and like just having two guys who like really give a shit about what they do. But none of that like shines through whenever they're. Well, you know what? They're not made for segments to play basketball with the Viking Raiders on Monday Night Raw, so they need to get used to that. Okay. Yeah, that's what the B show is for. That's what the B show. So is we're for. gonna. I need to find a basketball. But we're gonna talk about everything today from last night, AEW Dynamite, NXT. We also got a bunch of news, a bunch of stuff happened this week. That, eh, it may not be uh, super. Uh, breaking news, of course, maybe everyone knows, but we want to talk about it because I think we need to give our our take on everything. And you know, who, who reports news on a Thursday anyway? Well, it's not like any any prominent wrestling journalist would ever drop stuff like that. I feel like we are the uh, thunder of wrestling podcasts, like the WCW Thunder. Don't ever say that, Corey. Don't ever say that. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe at CWR415. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's right there below in the little overlay. I don't think it's the left or the right. Can't remember. But guys, check us out on there, especially on uh, Instagram, because we keep you up to date with the news on there. Uh, You know, Insta news. Insta wrestling news. News like what, Corey? Uh, News like Sami Zayn being stripped of the title. Uh, (gasps) News like uh, w- some other stuff we'll get into. Sting, not the wrestler. I mean, the wrestler, yeah, not the singer. 
No, wait. Yes, the wrestler, not the yeah, singer. Exactly. Is that what you meant? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we post some cool, like, hey, 25 years ago, 10 years ago, three years ago. This day in history sort of thing. One year ago, a day ago. Yeah, things like that. So, guys, at CWR4 and 5, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And also, guys, go check out our merch store because we sell merch and uh, you got to buy it. Especially when. Stand, stand up, Corey. Stand up, Corey. I know you can't you can't really stand. He's wearing really a CWR up. shirt. I'm it's really nice. The wonderful City Wrestling Radio original uh, logo T-shirt. Um, you know, guys, go on teespring.com teespring.com slash store slash CWR four one five. I'll just in, link below. Check it out. Uh, but yeah, go check it out. A lot of cool stuff uh, amongst other cool logos that we produce. Also, prices reduced to fifteen ninety nine. Well, you right? know, fifteen ninety five or something like that. Okay, well, let me see. Shipping not included. What did that say? Yeah, fifteen. No, fifteen forty nine. T-shirts yes. started. So uh, half the price of an average shirt on pro wrestling tees. Well, so you if know, you want to, you can su- either support your favorite wrestler who's actually contributing uh, to your love of pro wrestling, or you can just contribute to us. Yeah, who are pretty much do the same thing that you do, but we have equipment to talk into. So. Give us money, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> so, guys, go check it out. Like I said, tank tops, T-shirts, uh, sweatshirts, socks, leggings. Uh, I, I'm waiting for the CWR face paint lineup, but that'll come later. I can't wait, Corey. Nonetheless, uh, this is the B Show. We're here to talk about AEW Dynamite, NXT, and news. And I think the first thing I think we just want to get into is uh, congratulations, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Oh, my Yay! God. Uh, this Monday night, Becky Lynch. Uh, did, Your child is a masculine child. Uh, who, it's a Godfather reference. Oh, I okay. think I, I've never seen the Godfather. One. Okay, we don't have to get into it. But yeah, Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins. Uh, she announced on Monday night that she is pregnant. In storyline, she asked for the Money in the Bank match for the women's side, at least. To the up for the management to up the ante a little bit, up the ante a little bit, and uh, to make it a little bit more uh, prestigious, not just for a contract, but for the Raw Women's Championship, because she, like I said, she is in fact pregnant. Uh, she handed the title over to Oscar. She asked Oscar to you be a warrior, and I will be out being a mother. She says, and so, yeah. and then. What came what came after that was genuinely one of the most heartwarming segments on Raw yeah, in a very long time, definitely. and it says a lot considering the fact that there was no audience. If there was an audience there, that segment would have been like ten times. Oh, longer. I mean, I mean, there would have been a thank you Becky chant, but it would have yeah. felt. You know what I mean? It's weird though because I'm sure she it's feels bittersweet. Like- it's a, it's not, it's, it's, it's bittersweet too because we're not going to get Becky for a very long time. But this is happy news. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, like I said, uh, Lynch did tweet after the segment. She says, I have no idea what happens from here, but I do know that you've made all my dreams come true. I entered the PC in 2013, not knowing anyone. I'll leave the same building tonight with my new family. Thank you all so much. So, yeah. Uh, Congratulations to one Rebecca Quinn. Uh, Hope. uh, Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, it, like, really it actually, there's more to talk about in this because in an interview uh, Lynch did with People Magazine, it was noted that, that was like dropped as soon as that news dropped. So you can see how like well, she went right to the back and called People Magazine. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, it was noted that Lynch found out she's pregnant in April and is expected to give birth in December. I'm hoping end of December. Capricorn babies. I mean, that's 
I'm a Capricorn myself. Um, she she says I've always wanted kids. Uh, Lynch tells people on her pregnancy. I just wanted. I was just so uh, career focused that it became one of these uh, things that when you're chasing a dream so big and long. Wait, what? No, sorry. I added the big part. Sorry. Just so long. For so long. Uh, my mind's just going to dirty places now. I always wonder uh, what I'm. What I going? Am I going to get around to it? Uh, so you know, she says. Um, what was another thing that she said? She and Rollins have planned to marry at the end of May, but because of the oh. coronavirus, they had to hold things off. And I guess they're going to wait till uh, after she. So is every couple uh, waiting to be married? Everything is kind of just put on hold. Yeah, uh, I guess now she's just waiting till the end of the or her pregnancy till after she gives birth to get pregnant now. Yeah, that's what you do. You got. You just got to wait. So when you're pregnant, I mean, I've never been pregnant before. Have you? No, Me, no, I, I never have. I thought William Regal was going to be pregnant last night on NXT after he says, I will be, they will be giving a to about That's, uh, we'll get I into it. Really, yeah. But yeah, uh, Becky Lynch, she's pretty much on the shelf for the foreseeable future, perhaps indefinitely, perhaps for a very long time. Yeah. Um, which begs the question, like you which begs the question of the landscape of WWE right now in yeah. regards to well, you know who's there. Like you're lo- like you you some you somewhat lost Becky Lynch. You somewhat lost Roman Reigns just due to her personal and health reasons. And like yeah. you, you would think that those two would be like, I mean, they're your they're your cover stars for two K twenty. Just think about that. Right, right, right. Well, you, you know, know uh, and another thing about this is that like I just I don't know handing. Handing the championship over to the Money in the Bank winner, I mean, she could have just relinquished and be like, I'm pregnant, and then have a tournament for the person now, to face off. There were some people legitimately complaining, like, oh, why didn't she why didn't she put Asuka over? Why can't why why can't she take bumps well, she, for Asuka? She, she has a baby. Pregnant. She's a baby in her in her Paige mom. Paige's mom did it. Uh, yeah, well <laughs> Well, you know the scariest part is that like I think she said something about uh uh, back taking the test back in she like knowing she's pregnant in april and that's wrestlemania and i mean she I, said like she felt something and i feel like that's just you know that's that's a it's a motor's intuition yeah. as they would say you know she, now also she, there are various like signs that you could be pregnant like you know something i we're not experts for on well no talk about it some more michael i mean you okay know. so every 30 days there would no. uh yes no i know uh, missed miss cycles um yeah no she's as quoted saying that she um seth rollins is the one that she saw i think was it back she said back in november she saw being the one she wanted to have kids with and spend the rest of her life with oh so i mean i mean ideally you would want your fiance to be the person to have kids with so yeah, I mean, ideally absolutely. i mean if you can like surrogates is a thing it's we're not experts here, guys. And yeah, congratulations, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins on, uh, I guess, the new bundle of joy coming into their to their world. But as you were saying, you were talking about the women's division. Now, where, where does it leave the women's division? Uh, I mean, Oscar's champion. I she is the way the, the nature of her celebrating and just the way she was kind of just booked. You would just imagine this would be more or less more or less a face turn because she really she already was sort of a face in the eyes of a lot of people anyway well um yeah i think a lot of people a lot of people are huge oscar fans out there and then you're they're clearly building up to Shayna baszler being this this no nonsense no filter woman who says anything is just a vile human being she insulted uh becky's unborn uh, child 
unborn child saying right. that kid's gonna suck and she's telling natalia that she, if she will ever have kids and that the bread the, the heart bloodline dies with you and wow that's that's, that's me honestly that's just that's kind of that's just super fucked that, up that's, that's pretty messed up i mean yeah no natalia she's a wrestler she can handle it and all this other stuff but that's just eh. mean-spirited whatever not even like beyond just uh, uh, well it looks like they're gonna have to build up their women's division because like i said it's the first time in history i think there's not one well not the first time in history the first time since the four horsewomen got brought up to the main roster that not one of them is on monday night raw so we'll, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks um coming months and years you know it's like you said we don't know when becky lynch is going to be back I don't yeah. think she's she ever knows uh, what I, 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 what you don't see a lot of people. Well, hold on. You don't see a lot of people, a lot of women going off, especially women wrestlers going off to be a mother and then coming right back and be like, all right, I'm back. You know, they, a lot of times they a lot of people I take mean, time off for the their pre- kids. The so. precedent was set with Don Marie. I'll say that. What was that? The precedent was set with Don Marie. Did she have a kid and then come right back? No, she had she was pregnant and she was released while she was pregnant because oh, she's, like she, uh, during maternity leave. She's not getting released, man. But, Becky oh, Lynch. Not, well, yeah, Becky of course. Lynch it's just like there's just you know. But then you but then you hear stories like that, and that you would think oh, that would I'm just be kind of a way to that would just be a way for women for the women performers to be a little bit gun shy and, yeah. and like. Do I know? Well, I mean, you talk about people being gun shy. I mean, like you said, Sami Zayn being stripped of the Intercontinental title, but so yeah, what happened? He got stripped of the Intercontinental I guess we'll title. Talk about that now, then... real quick, we'll get into that. Uh, yeah, Sami Zayn. Uh, you know, months and or I would say nine weeks ago, when the shelter in place order started, WWE told their talent, "Hey, if you don't want to come in, fine, don't come in." Like Sami Zayn says, "Okay," he said, "Yeah, I don't want to uh, be a I don't want to be a slave to the system." So. All well, right, I think Sammy, Sammy could have also been like, I, I don't want to catch coronavirus. I don't want to spread coronavirus. So smart man. I'm, I'm going to be smart about this and stay home. I don't know if that's exactly what happened or if he was just like, I don't want to wrestle for a couple months like it. Um, he's, he's Adam paging this out. But then they said, well, the, they, yeah, they said, uh, yeah, your push won't be reduced. You're. You know, nothing will happen. No repercussions. You know, it's fine. You, you probably won't get paid. But, you know whatever you know i don't know exactly how that works but they'll probably be something like well we can't pay you for the days i don't know um and i wonder if they'll tack that on to the end of his contract um that's another thing to think about um so he chose to not to go in and now all of a sudden as of this week wwe has announced that the title has been vacated and is now going to be held up in a tournament uh starting this friday night on friday night smackdown so all this stuff about no no repercussions is a uh, complete uh, bull bull hockey. L- Listen, man. Like Sami Zayn is going to want to do what he wants to do. Um, it's. I'll say there was this. There would be more of an issue if this was like if he held, let's say, the world title, right? The main title, but right. this is the Intercontinental Championship. Oh, well, you know, there's not. There's no bone. There's like. There's kind of just no love hey, lost like you, behind it. You tell that and, to Pat Patterson. You tell that to to, to Don Morocco. You tell that. To gold dust. Are you done? Uh, I mean, I, I could bring out some more, but no, it's fine. I'm done. Uh, but then it's just, you know, it's intercontinent. Like, it's it's just more, it's a prop to, like, th- these people, you know? And I just don't think, like, do you re- did, like do you think Sammy Zane, you think it's in Sammy Zane's best interest 
to 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 risk his health for and for a run for a potential run with the Intercontinental Championship. And I think it's just beneficial for both sides, really, because they want to. I mean, they just want to entice viewers in some sort of, you know, like story, like a like a tournament storyline for SmackDown. Just right. to. Well, I get that. I get that. But strip him of the title when uh, he says he's not coming in. Say, hey, Listen, dude, he's a prominent play. He he has a fair. He had a fairly prominent place within that SmackDown roster, and I have no doubt in my mind he'll be back in the title picture the second that he does actually come back. Yeah. It's yeah. Really, look, he's he can't come in. He's the championship. They want a champion, so they got to do what they got to do. Listen, it'd be a lot bigger deal if this was a world title, but this is the Intercontinental Championship. They, they, they can just do this. I, I kind of don't don't see the big deal. Yeah, they they, they do hold more prestige to the twenty four seven title than they do the Intercontinental title as of late. What's that? Yeah, Tom Brady holds it or something like that. I don't know. Uh, let's get into our next piece of news. Uh, it was reported this week that Sting, that's right, the re- the wrestler, not the musician. Calm down. We got into this earlier. Uh, stand so close to me. That's, uh, a, that's, that's a song. A yeah. yeah. And uh, he is uh, no longer under contract with uh, WWE. Neither of them. Uh-huh. Neither Sting. Neither Sting is under contract with WWE as of this point. So that's something yeah, they have in common. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sting, uh, Sting the wrestler. Yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Uh, Sting the wrestler. Let me see. Uh, what were we going to say? Are you going to do like a biography of Sting? Like Steve Borden was in WCW. No, no, no. no pro wrestling sheet uh, reported Tuesday that Sting, uh, like I said, no longer under contract. Uh, that doesn't mean the two sides can't work out a possible merchandising deal in the future. Speculating uh, Speculation regarding Sting's status with WWE was fir- brought, first brought up to the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, reported that the Sting figure set for Mattel's Legend Series 7 line was removed. Mattel uh, sent a statement to the podcast saying, due to Sting circumstances it. out of our control, Sting needed to be removed from the Legend 7 series. He uh, needed to. We need to wipe him out. Uh, we'll look forward to include the figure in a future wave if he becomes available to us again. I think that sounds like, yeah, no, he was bold, and uh, <coughs> I don't know, maybe one day if, if they do something about it. I mean, WWE's crazy, so. Uh, you know, there's only two logical ways can go about. He, he could either be out of a contract with WWE and do this whole stick of him coming back to TNT, his original home in wrestling and AEW is going to be Darby Allen's manager, or they're just going to throw way more money at him for well, him to not refuse. They're going to give him an offer. He can't refuse. You can't, you can't uh, honestly rule out impact. He was an impact for such a long time. I mean, Sting yeah, sure. was there, sure, you know, that is not. kind of the second home for him. Um, WWE, like you said, could offer him another contract, AEW, but what, what's Sting going to do at this point of his career? think well first of all i was only joking about the darby allen thing i don't think that dude needs a manager at all if anybody hey i want to be his manager all right hey i can show you a thing or two that's not how sting oh wait that's taz that's taz Um, how you doing uh, no that tends on more sorry so he i think he would be i think he'd be a great figurehead he'd be like a good ambassador for aw the same way like they treat like jake the snake and Arn Anderson, not he could be someone's manager, a, yeah, not necessarily in a manager role, but more of a little like, hey, look at me, you guys. Like he's, I could see him more like a DDP. He'll just, he'll just come out in shades and present. Like he won't present the TNT uh, okay. championship, okay, okay, like somebody else. But then like, hear me out, hear me out. 
how about a new member to the Jurassic Express? Stingosaurus. Stingosaurus Rex. No? Whatever. He'll make it work. I, I, I think that, that could be the next evolution of Sting is turn him into he'll a dinosaur. Be sh- he'll be Sean Spears' next partner. <gasps> oh. No, he's not. Don't, don't, don't. The don't perfect 10. Sting. I mean, he'll just come Sting. back and surf for Sting. Oh. <laughs> you know? If he bleaches his hair, man, I'm all for it. Uh, and flat tops. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, staying. There's, there's not much we don't know about it. Like again, there's, they could just pull an edge and just give him a truckload of money because WWE can do that. Comes back or maybe the they're not in a position. Yeah, they'll they'll release a good amount of their workforce, but they'll they'll send a truckload of money to Sting yeah. just to stick it to AEW. What news you got on that end, Michael? Today for us, uh, New Japan. New Japan. New Pro Japan Wrestling. Pro Wrestling. As the you king. We say sports. all the time. That I am an expert in all. You are the New Japan Pro Wrestling expert here at City Wrestling Radio. Uh, that I can can attest. Uh, so Harold, uh, President's Harold May, the Mayflower, he released a video. Yes, of the Mayflower. He released a, no, that's uh, like a video the statement Mayflower. regarding the state of all of New Japan Pro Wrestling and major flex too with all those uh, trophies behind him. By oh the way. yeah, just saying we're look at me, I'm hot shit. Uh, he. More or less presented. I'm just going to read this off post wrestling. John Pollock, he issued a report here because I didn't watch the video myself because I had, I had better stuff to do. <laughs> he presented a roadmap for live retur- events returning. He said it has been painful to cancel the shows and postpone the Wrestle Dynasty event that was set for Madison Square Garden in August. And he outlined the reasons for canceling the show and not holding him to arena shows now. He said to protect the health and safety of our wrestlers and staff. He said safety is not guaranteed and high rates of infection. In Tokyo means staging empty shows presents an, an unnecessary risk. Our ability to use venues. They don't own or operate their own venues. They don't have a performance center. Like, I don't know if you can do anything to the pretty much. I think, I think that's pretty much mostly what's going on here is they don't have a, a place to do a show yeah. pretty much. And this is probably the most interesting part. Uh, he says, New Japan Pro Wrestling's corporate social responsibility. They have to ha- operate at the highest ethical standards and strongly advise to show the highest res- restraint with empty arena shows reflecting badly on them. Highest ethical standards are words I do not associate with a wrestling promotion. This is really kind of just a like a gimme, like a PR gimme for New Japan saying, look, everybody's holding these empty arena shows look at us we're look at me. we're being the most socially responsible and yeah. it's not i'm not like calling him out for like potential virtue signaling i definitely agree with everything they're they're doing here yeah. especially considering the fact that hey new japan pro wrestling is a very very rough style of wrestling and good lord who knows how much it affects the the overall healing process for somebody like a kazuchika okada or a tomohiro ishii or you know or stuff. a Toriano. Yeah, they're, they're the hardest of workers. And oh. he really is. That's not a slight. Uh, he, um, just reiterating more on this article, he, he added that the positives have included performers having the chance to rest and heal, as I noted earlier. Mage noted that subscriptions for New Japan World have not fallen significantly, with online sales of merchandise have been extremely positive. Um, and then he said the first... Teespring.com slash... <laughs> 
As the first step to return to live events is empty arena shows and will only happen when the state of emergency restrictions are lifted, the number of new cases declines, and when matches can take place in a properly disinfected and safe settings, matches would take place in Japan and the LA Dojo in the US. Carl Fredericks, get back to work. And he also says the next step is bringing fans back and will occur when wrestlers and staff are tested. Fans are subject to temperature checks. Masks will be mandatory and arenas will be thoroughly disinfected and ventilated, noting the elimination of smoking areas, along with space between seats to meet social distancing standards with half capacity shows at first. So you're gonna, as, if, as soon as you like buy tickets for a New Japan show, it's just going to be like all it's going to be like a checkerboard where you have to choose all those seats and that those are those are not unsold seats i mean those are yeah those are unsold seats those aren't taken seats either well you know if you do that in america they're just gonna people are just gonna put their food in the seats between them i mean i don't even think they'll even serve food at that point it would just be a, a safety hazard altogether uh, yeah yeah I don't know. eat before the show man like what are you gonna you drink understand. you need to drink alcohol during a Look, show I, I love the cow palace but those nachos are fucking disgusting i'm not talking about the cow palace let's talk about oracle or wherever we went chase center that was a good one chase None, center food nonetheless was not great. even though like that was the first event like one of the first events they ever held chase center food was not good nonetheless new japan pro wrestling is uh they, they said they're gonna be Space, back socially though. responsible they, yeah, they want to be back. And, and the first thing they are going to do are empty arena matches. Like, we're not doing that. We don't go that soon. But we're going to do it as soon as we can. So, well, New Japan, well, we'll, we'll see you as soon ASAP, as soon as humanly possible. Uh, it was reported today that former uh, WWE NXT superstar Rachel Ellering was released by the WWE. The former Rachel Evers announced her comeback with a video posted to Twitter Wednesday night, as she was part of the recent WWE NXT releases confirmed by Dave Meltzer. On a Wednesday, huh? Uh, returning to her real name of Rachel Ellering. Uh, the video is actually kind of cool because it starts with uh, her looking up the word, the name Rachel Evers. And she, it says, can't find anything, does not find any research results. And then she... It's all these videos of her jobbing out to people in the industry in WWE. And then all of a sudden she looks up Rachel Ellering and it pops up all these cool videos of her kicking ass and taking names and, and, and winning matches. So, you know, she was a part of that fatal four way in the all in show. Yeah. Was she? Yeah, she was. I believe so. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, no. So we'll see what, what happens with Rachel Ellering. Um, you know, it's cool to see her using her last name again. I always thought it was weird that they didn't let her use her last name. I mean, cause I know, hey, you know, same reason why, like same reason why Adonis me. Creed only wanted to go by Adonis Johnson or whatever, his or, name uh, is. not Creed. What he, wanna, he wants to separate themselves from the shadow of the great Paul Ellering, which Tamina. you will get into. Tamina, yeah, Tamina. Doesn't. I mean, there are other reasons why they wanted to separate that name. <laughs> Dude, you see that match on on Money in the Bank? She was gassed. Dude, like Money in the Bank, like I was, I'll say this, like that was going head to head with the Last Dance. I knew where my priorities. Last Dance, last chance for uh, love. mm Mhm. Yeah. No. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, no. 
let's not keep going, but let's keep going with some more news because we got more news to get into. Um, a couple more things. Uh, on Twitter, I guess uh, a couple days ago, where where all news comes to comes you know, from. Uh, this last week, former WWE superstar Leo Rush has been selling off some of his old ring gear, advertising them through his Twitter account. One piece of gear stuck out more than others, though. Leo reveals a mask he pitched to Triple H for the for his NXT character. Uh, watch out, Joaquin Wild. There's a new bug in town. I wrote that line. You like that? Uh, he says on Twitter, once upon a time, I had a vision of wearing a mask, but Triple H said, no, LOL. This is just the prototype. Anyways, it's now for sale. Email me. Contact musicbyleo at gmail.com for details. I mean, I don't know if the mask is sold. So, guys, if you want, hit him up. Uh, what do You uh, You can see this mask right now on the screen. What do you think of the mask? Is it over my face, Corey? I, no, it's not over your face. It's over the entire screen. A, I mean, a real I missed opportunity there, Corey. Um, yeah, no, uh, yeah, that's that's have, definitely. I don't, have those, I don't have those editing skills. I, I thought it was a fly. I mean, yeah, because he's because it's because I get it's a bug because Leo Rush is a he's very fast and he's very agile. That's he. I mean, Spider Man's cool these days. Might uh, as well. Well, wasn't the original name for Spider Man like Fly Man? This looks terrible. This yeah. looks terrible. <laughs> I'm looking it's, at it right yeah. now. <laughs> it's got like little things poking out each side. So oh, that's yeah. it's a mask. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't blame Triple H. I, I can't wait to see that mask starting to pop up at all the local um, places in the mission that sell luchador masks. That like He's, sell a cheap luchador mask. He kind of said that he was more or less done with the wrestling business. He well, wants to focus on his rap career. You know, he has been selling all his gear on. I noticed he's posting some other gear he's been selling too on his Twitter account. So, hey, I mean, props to the person who can fit in those. I mean, Not many people can. I mean, there's some. I mean, like, children. There's some up and coming kids like. They'd be like, I'm the man of the hour. They just take that moniker. If he's not going to wrestle anymore, just take the whole game. You're buying the gimmick at that point. Anyways, uh, shall we talk about Dark Side of the Ring? Yeah. Uh, let's, yeah. Let's... I did not watch it, but I know you have. Oh. You have taken esteemed notes uh, to it. I mean, I'm I mean... not much. I'm not very fond of the New Road Warriors was, I'll just say, before my time. You know, so I am the. I'm they the were when I would. That... They were when I was a child, so I definitely remember that. I remember, you know, having my cousin and I like watching the Road Warriors or the Legion of Doom when we were kids. I'll say this: my my knowledge of the Road Warriors begins and ends with the Attitude Era, the, the Attitude Era, and that whole alcohol alcohol. Like, was it? I think it was Hawk that was the alcoholic, and yeah. they 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 um yeah. they faked the suicide of him him like falling off the building like oh well, okay he's not gonna jump he's not gonna jump and then you hear yeah well what how okay so let's talk about this uh episode uh let's kind of get into it not you know it, it kind of is a lot of things you know about the road warriors they both started in minneapolis uh they met in a gym you know bouncing at bars just um, like all good wrestling stories they also they also came up with uh was it barry darso rick rude um nikita koloff um, all these guys come from like I think like the same same town, and so it was kind of cool because a lot of them were in here. Like I said, it, well, not Rick Rude, uh, Paul Ellering was in here, Nikita Koloff, um, Hawk's two brothers, Rick and Dan Hagstrand, uh, Scott Norton, Eddie Sharkey, Godfather, and Darren Drozdoff were all in this documentary. Oh, good. 
So, like I said, they met at Jesse the Body Ventura's gym coming up. Um, they started training with Eddie Sharkey. Eventually, I'm surprised they didn't get Jesse the Body Ventura on this. Well, you know, uh, these two guys came in here and uh, I don't know. I was the governor of Minnesota. You know, uh, then I, uh, I I don't you like the politics man. now. I don't like the politics now. Nonetheless, ah. uh, like I said, um, they kind of were put to, after being separated and being brought back together. Um, in uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling as the Road Warriors. Hey, I got to interrupt you for a second. Can yeah. you hear that rain in the background? No. Okay, good. It's yeah. raining in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Um, God, giving up our location. Um, no, so like... <laughs> yeah, it's not like our logo does that. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, they, um, like I said, they kind of came up together. We're first tagging as the Road Warriors. It was funny because their first night they were handed the tag team titles. In Georgia Championship Wrestling, they were said, "Here, here's the titles." So they walked away. So, how do you? What are we going to tell people? Is ah, tell them you want them in a tournament. It's fine. So okay, I believe them. Yeah, look at those guys. Look at those shoulders. Look uh, at that mohawk. Uh, I think the the parts that started getting like kind of towards the downfall of them is actually when they started in WWF. Uh, when like all like they all do. Yeah, after you know touring Japan, uh, Hawk start, Hawk started drinking using muscle relaxers together. Um, WWE, um, yeah, kind of put them in through a strenuous schedule. They changed their name to the Legion of Doom, which isn't, which is weird because that's what was, I heard that. Honestly, was, I feel like that's a better name. The Road Warriors, well, the Road Warriors stable was called the Legion of Doom, I guess, before this. So it was a name they kind of already had. Okay. Did uh, they go over this, the, the puppet that they found in the junkyard? No. That's uh, that's that's a thing they did. Okay. Uh, what was that? What? Yeah, I forgot the name of the puppet, but then like they would, um, they would make those two guys like literal uh, scavengers, you know, because it's Mad Max, because it's a whole Mad Max kind of vibe oh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And so they found the puppet, and they believed that finding this like this, it was like a ventriloquist dummy. And I, I wish I had the name. No, they didn't, Somebody they didn't listening show that. is like, oh my God, it's this, this. No. And um, they, they, they thought it would just give them more personality by, you know, giving them a fucking ventriloquist what? dummy. And they would ride motorcycles with said pup ventriloquist dummy in the front of their. It was in SummerSlam 92. Well, I'm surprised. You actually brought up SummerSlam 92, which is actually what I wanted to get into. A is very that, key moment in a lot of people's history. They were actually scheduled to face a natural disasters that day for the tag team titles. Uh, but because cool but because Hawk was on a, uh, a hallucinogenic called Placidil, uh, Vince was trying to lay out the match to him and, and Animal. And that's when... Well, that's really weird. Um... That's what. Pla- yeah. No, no, I just got a message on, on Instagram. Uh, Hawk was, like I said, on uh, Placidil, and Vince was trying to lay out the match to the Legion of Doom. Hawk was repeatedly interrupting Vince, and that's when Vince got so angry that he changed their match to the first match on the main show versus Money Inc. Uh, actually, Hawk was so intoxicated that Animal was worried that he couldn't uh, do the finisher. Uh, but despite, uh, despite that, they won the match and. Uh, got out of there alive, which is really scary to think that he couldn't do their finisher, but he rode down to the ring on a motorcycle. Yeah, that's uh, what can I say? That's crazy. Um, like I said, the beginning of the end started when Hawk didn't show up for a taping in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Uh, he called Vince's uh, secretary to quit. Uh, that's when he went to Japan to form kind of the new version of the the Road Warriors with uh. 
Kensuke Sasake, uh, which he named the Power Warrior. So Animal fulfilled his dates with WWE. Uh, that's when Hawk was rushed to the hospital, I guess, multiple times in Japan uh, for overdosing. And he crashed his truck once where he flipped it over like six times. Damn. And then he contracted hep C, but cured himself of hep C. From the car crash? No, I think it was doing drugs. Okay. That's a drugs one. Uh, which leads into the error that you were talking about. Attitude error. Legion of Doom offered to come back in 97. That's when Drawsdoff. Capitalize on this. Ah, that's when Darren Drawsdoff was added to the team as a third member to make them a trio because, hey, Vince liked stables at the time. Uh, WWE created a storyline that depicted Hawk as a drunk in-ring performer, leading to draws and Animal pushing him out of the Legion of Doom. Uh, the angle bothered both Animal as well as fans. Uh, there was the moment, like you said, where Hawk, um, after he was kicked out of the Legion of Doom, climbed up to the top of the Titantron. He didn't jump, though. What happened was the storyline was that Draws climbed up there after him and uh, supposedly pushed him off. So like he, he was threatening to jump at first, but then Draws pushed him off, quote unquote. Um, Hawk then suffered um, from cardiomyopathy uh, in Australia. That's Hawk, a heart attack. That's okay. Uh, Hawk became born again, baptized at Ivan or Nikita Koloff's church in Phoenix. Hawk started to live a straight and arrow, thrived on his new life with his new wife, uh, but then passed away after he moved into his new place. Like literally moving furniture, he went to bed. He said it wasn't feeling good. He went to bed, died of a heart attack of heart failure. At age 46, October 19th, 2003, um, Ellering, I guess, uh, Paul Ellering, who was one of the prominent figures in this episode, uh, drove to Hawk's uh, funeral. I would hope so. Yeah, drove to Hawk's funeral in Tampa um, in their black van that I guess they toured the country with before. I guess he got he had the van they toured with and it had some rust stains. So he got some spray paint and covered it up and drove all the way to Tampa in the van because he wanted to do that one last time. It was from, I remember it was it was from Tampa to somewhere really far. And I, I didn't write it down, but he gave a really touching speech to the point where I was like I was kind of moved. I was like, damn, Paul. You know what's crazy about what? this whole episode? Paul Ellering comes off very young. I mean, like he's just like, yeah, so this is what happened and like cause on WWE he was like frail old Paul Ellering. Remember with the uh, AOP? He is sixty six years young. And but on on this, he he was, you know, just, hey, yeah, I'm Paul Ellering, and I'm going to tell a story, and this is what happened. And he didn't seem like a frail old man. Like, he, they depicted him in the WWE, so. Proof is in the pudding, man. Sometimes it's just the way. It's, it's not how old you are. It's how you feel. Yeah. But um, Dark Side of the Ring this week. Next week, uh, I think the finale, season finale, Owen Hart. Yeah. And um, this particular episode, this week's episode, I think was the second highest. It like it, it beat it's every week. I think man. the Dino Bravo, Dino Bravo episode. Every, I mean, it doesn't, week, it brother. doesn't, but then like, it doesn't, nothing has beat the Benoit one yet, but I have a Nothing's certain feeling that, that, this, that this, that this own heart one will probably beat it, but uh, yeah, at least the first part, I mean, cause is it a two part own heart, two part? No, no, no. I think it's one part oh, okay. because really, I mean, there's not, I mean, you could just chronicle the entire life of Owen Hart. I think that could be a two party and be really interesting. But do you want to focus on, you know, the dark side yeah. of this whole 
thing I would uh I'm excited for that episode and I wonder I haven't really checked I I think Martha I mean Martha Hart had to be involved with this otherwise uh, I look I, I believe it looked like she was in it I mean I saw the um yeah Oh, I and I wonder. In I would assume Brett Brett is being interviewed for this as well. Um, I didn't watch the teaser. Uh, we'll see. I'm oh, looking you know. forward to that episode. Well, looking forward in the relative sense, <laughs> you know. You were you you watched that right? Like, what? I think we had this conversation before. The oh, whole, oh, and our, I mean, we'll talk about it again next week too. But yeah, I, I watched it live. I was like, what's going on? But then it, it wasn't shown live. It no. was just more or less. It happened. It was, dur- it was during a video vignette, right? It, during, and it cut back, and they're showing the crowd. And you're just, I'm like, what's going on? And Jim Roth gets on the, the TV. He's like, hey, he's not on the TV. He's just speaking. He goes, a uh, tragic accident just happened. Owen Hart just fell in the ring. Um, we don't want to show anything happening in the ring right now due to. I mean, no cameras were rolling anyway. Oh, well, they probably were. Yeah, I mean, cameras were rolling the entire time. It's a pay-per-view. Like, you know. You know, they yeah. probably have all that extra footage. There's probably video of him falling to his death. I would imagine that thing. People say they've had video. I've never seen an actual video of him falling, but people said. That uh, I remember it would be. It, it was quite the popular LimeWire. Yeah, it, uh, it was clickbait. It was click. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, nonetheless, uh, yeah. Uh, Next week, uh, Owen Hart. <sighs> dark what? side of the ring. You know, it's, uh, it's so it's, dark. It's it's becoming it's. It's honestly becoming one of Vice's like flagship shows. Yeah, and I like even like even as like topics as esoteric as the Herb Abram Herb Abrams ones or the Dino Bravo ones. Like they still do relatively good numbers, and that's I think there is like there's a market audience for like people want willing either like either the lapsed fan. Look, dude, been reminded it, by it, it's these, not just these. it's not just lapsed fans. Though. You got to understand, anyone's going to watch a documentary. Yeah, like, it's not just lapsed. Just people fans. watch it's documentaries. Like genuine. These are just genuine stories, genuinely fascinating yeah. stories. Yeah, it's not like everyone who watches, you know, Tiger King is like, oh, I love tigers. Yeah, I mean, I, I, tigers are cool, though. I'll, I will be. We'll say that. Um, so, shall we get into it, Michael? Shall we get into our weekly review of AEW Dynamite and NXT? Oh, I was thinking we'll be right back after these. I thought we were breaking these up. Guys, if you like what you're listening to, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe at CWR415 Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check us out each week at SoundCloud.com slash City Wrestling Radio for the B Show, where me and Michael Vergara talk about NXT and AEW Dynamite. That's SoundCloud.com slash City Wrestling Radio. And we're back. Uh, that was that was our way of uh, that, that was the break. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, nonetheless, hey guys, welcome back, B Show, and uh, let's talk a little AEW Dynamite. Let's talk weekly A-E-Dubs. reviews. Dubs. Yes, the weekly reviews. AEW Dynamite, May thirteenth, two thousand twenty. We're taped, pals, in the bright and sunny Daly's place on the road to double or nothing. We get various shots of the wrestlers ringside, one face, one heel, all segregated like. Uh, Lance Archer, Jake the Snake appear with some dude already beat up as we enter the ring. You know, as as per usual with one Lance Archer, he has to get his daily quota of killing somebody. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's just it's part of his contract. Jake says he was asked to make an apology for last week in regards to him putting a snake on Brandy Rhodes and and pretty much dry humping her, which the... The recap of that, 
when they recapped that, they kind of went out of the way to not show that. And you I know, would just imagine I would know I would chalk it up as like the the, the brass of not, you know not dignifying such footage. Let's not show it as much as possible. And they want to create the sense of buzz of oh you had to be there. They're not going to show it, but but Jake the Snake did. It's reprehensible. I think ah. I I honestly think in his whole promo that Jake cut seemed very. Like he was kind of jumping. I mean, I'll get, he was I'll kind get. of like stumbling over his words. I felt like he, uh, uh, he like so, I felt like um, not like he was talked to, but I felt like they were like, "Hey, that whole thing we planned last week, it didn't go that great with uh, the audience. Uh, maybe we should hold back on what we we're going to say this week. So, what should we say?" But, but like you could also chalk it up to like, "Oh, Jake yeah. the Snake, he's uh he's very unhinged. You know, we have to cover for him and all that, and like he's he's just that reprehensible. That's not much of a heel. We have to hate him. He's a lun- he's a lunatic this- fringe." And especially with this promo that he cut, he says, um, yeah, he said he was asked to make an apology for last week. And he says, as soon as she kisses his ass, <sighs> she'll get the apology. He calls the area no man's land and says that the woman is good for the kitchen, wiping baby's butts. And when and when it gets cold, warms the man <laughs> if it gets cold. And he says, and if it gets time. cold, it warms me up. He says, Cody's time is up. Then we hear a his time is M. now. Yeah, no, yeah, his t- Cody's time is up. His time is now. And then, as Jake continues to make this uh, to make this promo, we hear a Ford F one fifty bursting into the scene. It's like he tries rock to soldier on through it. He tries to soldier on through the promo, and then all of a sudden, he's like, "What is that damn racket?" And yeah. as we yeah. see, we hear a Ford F one fifty, and Cody bursts into the scene in the most limp dick way possible. Like it's like he didn't crash enough into it. He, all he did was just kind of just gingerly collide he, into like a they like, like a added bin. they put a gate next to a table with like a bucket empty bucket on top, and then he oh, like so gingerly yeah, taps into it and gets out of the truck. And then there's a four, and then there's like an, an American Nightmare custom hood on it because you know it's Cody. You know that's his. That's just yeah. That's his so, personal yeah, Cody, truck. Yeah, Cody bursts into the scene with taped fists. Uh, Cody goes for the nuts. Smart man walks to Jake, but Archer proceeds to blindside him. Cody strangles Archer with his own braids, throws a chair at him, no sells it, kicks him all the while. All the while Jake talks shit. He's kind of like, get him, Lance, get him, Lance. Uh, Cody fights off an ED, EBD claw. Uh, they stare down as Archer and Jake retreats. Retreats. Good beatdown. Uh, I thought it was a good heat segment. Uh, not Jake's best work on the mic. No. I thought it, it felt a little cheap with the whole woman hating thing. Um, but yeah, I kind of expected a bit more from him. I thought I wanted him to be a little bit more. Uh, I hope eloquent, they. I hope classy, they eventually. Would think he would be. I hope eventually they turn him and Lance Archer face and they find him a good woman that like like you know. Jakey, you can't talk to women like that. You need to respect women. Okay, ma'am, I'm sorry. I'll respect yeah. them. You know, kind of put them yeah. in his place. Yeah, they'll uh, they'll get to they'll get to that eventually. Uh, next segment, we get Leah Schreiber telling us how cool the tag division is. Uh, reminds us how great the Revolution tag match was. Um, how how nice of them, considering it happened five years ago. Uh, they put over best friends as possible number one contenders. How Nick Jackson isn't one hundred percent. Uh, Jurassic Express being undefeated in 2020. Well, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, uh, Jurassic, and uh, that leads us to our next match: Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy with Marco Stone. Good to see Best friends Trent and Chuck Taylor with Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, newly announced entrance in the number one contenders ladders match at Double or Nothing. Uh, yeah. He's also wearing a face mask, so uh, good for you. Yeah, it was Tony like a denim, says, it was like a denim face mask, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, 
Uh, Tony says Jungle Boy is 22 years old. JR says the shirt he's wearing right now is 22 years old. I thought that was a really funny line. Uh, Match puts over uh, Jungle Boy ahead of this. Tony, uh, man, JR's, his... JR's loving that single life right now. I haven't changed my shirt in a couple I'm loving it, baby. Uh, you read that book of his where he goes over the passing of his wife, and you could tell. A lot of love lost on that one. Oh, of course. Come on. Yeah. Uh, they put over Jungle Boy ahead of his match against MJF at Double or Nothing. Stares down Chucky e. T after outpacing him. Trent gets overpowered by Luchasaurus. Chat tosses him around. Marco is just hanging out with Orange Cassidy all friendly-like. Tranquilo pose and all. Uh, Jungle Boy drop kicks Trent, who's hanging off of Chuck. Luchasaurus interrupts a tope, which Excalibur calls it the tope interruptus. I, I really like that line. Uh, best friends double suplex Lucha and gives the people what they want, but Jungle Boy suicide dives to the both of them as we get to the commercial break. Everyone gets their shit in. Then Orange Cassidy. Oh, Orange Cassidy. He stares down Trent at the ramp, and little does he know, his fucking face gets caved in by Phoenix's foot out of nowhere. It's funny because the other day I was thinking... Where the fuck are Penta and Phoenix? Are they? Can they not come into they, the country? He, uh, I mean, Phoenix was in a was in Dark uh, on Tuesday this week, so okay, he, he's there. I'm not sure about Penta. He, okay. I mean, probably is, but yeah, it another another gifable moment in the Dynamite. It, this, if you haven't seen, if there's one thing you need to look out for for Dynamite, it's uh, Phoenix is kicked in uh, Orange Cassidy. It it's all over Twitter, and you probably yeah. seen it. Everybody yeah. who's listening to this. Uh, MJF attacks. Oh wait, hold on. Yeah, everyone gets the shit in. Orange Cassidy gets kicked by uh, Phoenix, as I mentioned earlier, and then MJF attacks Jungle Boy, and then sets him up for the awful waffle for the pin and win. Uh, Post match, Wardlow beats up Marco Stunt as Luchasaurus stares him down as well. So pretty much nobody wins. They set up uh, a lot of angles here. Yeah, but the W does go to best friends, and bow to the bow to the bow to the best friends. And that and that also means they're getting their number one contenders uh, match against Private Party at the buy-in, which leaves me one question: What the fuck did Private Party do to earn a number one? Aren't, yeah, aren't match? they like number five? I think I just I posted it on uh, Instagram today. Uh, Private uh, Party like number five in the rankings. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess that grants you a number one contender. Yeah, they're match. they're number five in the rankings, so it's number five versus number one. Which okay, what about evil? I guess you'd still have evil Uno and Stu Grayson. And the Bucks are two and two, and Jurassic Express is comes before, like in the range. Just go on, just go through the tag. T- if you're going through the tag team division rankings, I got to play some smooth music as you got to. Hey, everybody! I'm Excalibur here. We're going over tag division. Oh, oh that, that, yeah, that, that, they yeah. don't do that anymore. No, they really like yeah. I. They did that one week, and they just stopped. And I yeah, was. It's because we made fun of them. That's why we made fun of them, and they were like, "We'll stop." I'm not making fun of them. I think it's cool. We're self conscious now, Rico. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Jim Ross talks to Tony. Uh, wait. Yeah. Jim Ross talks to Tony Schiavone, and it went, and this went over my head, but John Moxley is the champion, but his belt is stolen by Brody Lee. Yeah, I didn't see that happen last week. I Maybe I should, we just weren't paying attention. Probably not. Alex Marvez tries to interview Moxley, but stares at the camera and shoves it away. Thanks, Alex. Fatal four-way match with heavy title implications for the AEW Women's World Championship, which means it's pretty much a number one contenders match. Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford versus Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker. Uh, Ford tries to touch fingertips with Stat, but she shots her. All four women, all four women are just brawling. 
Sheeta and Stat do a double backbreaker on <laughs> Sheeta and Stat do a double backbreaker on Britt Baker. Say that a thousand times. Double backbreaker, backbreaker. Baker goes for the lockjaw early, but Sheeta avoids it. Stat grabs Baker's nose, in which Jr. calls it the Greco-Roman Japanese nostril lock. Thanks. Uh, that's a very technical uh, name for a technical move. Uh, Sheeta is selling your shoulder after breaking a pin. Crowd is constantly making noise, like on, like. Ah! Yeah, what was it? There's like another subsection of fans that just seemed like was it just the production people or like the hair? Probably, and, probably and catering they people. people. They're just like, yeah. hey, go go out there, everyone. Just sit ten like feet you've away seen, from each other. You've seen IDTV how that works. It, it so seemed, we just try to grab as many people as we can. To me, it show. seemed like if you if a kid was like, I want to ha- go, I want to have my own wrestling show for my birthday, and you yeah, were like, okay, we free. have to go to the arena. And yeah. it's like, there's nobody else. Yeah, no. if you paid for it, uh, how to be a rich kid. So probably like t- this it's point, Tony Khan's birthday, isn't it? At this point, Statlander is just tossing everyone around. Sheeta knee strikes Stat. Uh, Sheeta knee strikes Stat as all the women are down as we cut to commercial. Everyone tries to pin everyone. Canadian stro- destroyer from Baker to Stat. Handspring to the cutter from Ford. Everyone just gets in, gets their shit in again. Just move after move after move. Corkscrew neckbreaker from Baker. Sheeta suplex sandwich from Ford to Stat. Missile drop kick from Ford to Sheeta. Sheeta is grabbed by Keep Sabian as Ford runs into her, but Sheeta dodges and thus leading Sabian and Ford to make out. You know, you gotta Wait, gotta what? get your spots while you can. Honestly, Poison Rana from Ford. Statlander runs into a ring post. Sheeta backbreakers Ford. Baker lock jaws Stat with a latex glove on the outside and doesn't let go, leading to Sheeta to do the knee strike to Ford for the pin and win. And uh, and just like that, Hikaru Sheeta is pretty much your AEW Women's World Championship number one contender. Uh, as this mat and as the bell rings, you see. Um, Baker continuing to put the lockjaw on Stat to set up their match at double or nothing as well. Yeah, so that's you know it's it's granting my wish and thinking there should be more than one feud in the women's division of AEW. I did love the there was a funny moment though when like you said Bray Baker did hit the Canadian Destroyer and then she's like seems like she's trying to they they cut to a different camera so it didn't seem so obvious but she's just like standing there for a second when she can obviously cover. Uh, Chris I Dillon, mean, this yeah, this yeah. episode was taped. They could easily edit around that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get a Shook D video promo saying how Jericho calling him Pineapple Pete. Oh, oh before I get before I do that, what would you think of the match? Decent match. Yeah, um, there was a bit of a it. there was a bit of sloppiness, but I think it, overall it was structured well. I think all the moves that all the women hit were very technically sound. Uh, the right person won in Hikaru Shida. Um, no, it should be Penelope Ford's night, man. She should be going after that women's title. Uh, but did you know I wasn't after the match though? Uh, Nyla Rose attacking. Uh, that was that was well into the show. Was that later? Yeah, it was way later. Okay, sorry. So we'll get there. We'll get there. But yeah, um, a p- pretty good match, and I and I just wish like with this whole Baker Statlander uh, program forming, I. I hope that continues. I yeah. hope there's just more. I hope there's more to this women's division than just everybody chasing after a title. Yeah. We get a Shug D video promo saying how Jericho calling him Pineapple Pete elevated his career. Um, there's a bit of there like they didn't play it, but then there's a better video of him talking about his independent wrestling stint that AEW social media posted. Um, I think it was in the Road to Double or Nothing where he talked about he pretty much went over how independent wrestling like everybody who's in who's working in independent wrestling they do it for the actual love of the sport and like as an actual passion project of theirs not for the money yeah and saying how it's 
Jericho pretty much just, you know, made his career because of it. Uh, I thought this was more comedic, but it was, but I can understand why they played it because it was shorter. We got to keep up with the times, I guess. During the break, it's confirmed Karoshita versus Nyla Rose for the women's title at double or nothing, as I said earlier. And that leads us to our next match. Proud and powerful Santana and Ortiz versus Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega. Excuse me. Kenny Omega is unable to make his entrance as because Proud and Powerful instantly just beat him down. He just denied the entrance. I wanted to hear that music. Santana Ortiz says, fuck you. Well, you can. It's on Spotify. Go listen to it. No, I listen to it all the time. Hardy gets his dramatic entrance. He's his 3,000-year-old vessel, Damascus, this time. He beats down Santana as the pyro comes off, which I thought was great. Uh, Matt throws Santana out of the ring. And for the first time, we see Santana's hair. Uh, and it's a real quarantine look. You really grew it out. You can tell no barbers in sight. Uh, Ortiz back rakes Omega. He actually does this a number of times. While even And then he does this whole tiger style. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, double guitar crusher on both proud and powerful members. Poetry in motion to Santana. Double suplex to Ortiz. Side effect followed by a wonderful leg drop from Matt. Uh, they build heat on Omega. Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy just howling in frustration. And then Omega does a Snapdragon suplex to Santana, I think, which JR name drops Hiroshi Tanahashi, which I thought was interesting. Uh, hot tag to Hardy. Hiroshi Tanahashi. 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 Omega Piscato Santana and sets him up for the twist of fate. Ortiz breaks the pin, rolling cutter to Omega, followed by a shotgun dropkick and then a diving senton. At this point, I thought this match was getting pretty long in the tooth. Uh, Omega dodges an electric street sweeper, tags Hardy, who puts Ortiz into butterfly submission, saying, and then Sammy Guevara. He enters, he just hobbles with a neck brace on with a chair and stares at Matt, who gives him a twist of fate in a classy, classic Sammy fashion because he just wants to get in his one gif mo- gifable moment of the year. I mean, of the week. Yeah. He just lands straight on his head after yeah. taking the yeah. neck breaker. It's, uh, Sammy Guevara, man, he is... God bless him. Uh, v triggered Ortiz and sets him up for something I missed, but he gets the pin and the win. Matt still, I thought Matt still got it. Uh, he looked really good in this match, and I thought this match, I, it did get a, it, it, it was dragging a little bit, but overall, I thought it was pretty good. What do you think? It was a tag match. They looked good. I mean, I don't, I don't know. There wasn't. Much, I don't think there's. You don't have. Uh, you don't really have much of an opinion on it. Huh? I mean, it was good. Yeah. I. Okay. Uh, Taz, next segment, Taz interviews Darby Allen. Uh, he apologizes to Darby for Hey, Darby, Dar- I'm sorry about last week. I didn't assume yeah. you knew so, wrestling moves. So the way like Taz like frames this interview, he apologizes to Darby Allen. He apologizes for reminding Darby Allen in his shortcomings by reminding Darby of his shortcomings. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm like, sorry, I'm so- you suck. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Darby, that you didn't pivot. You didn't like either. This is like how it went. I was like, I'm sorry you didn't pivot when you should have. And uh, that was that your fault. You to eat that pin. Uh, again, I'm sorry that that happened. And I'm sorry that I reminded you that you didn't pivot when you pinned. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Darby responds to telling Taz that he doesn't get it and reminds him that he placed third in wrestling in Ohio State wrestling. So that, uh, that establishes his amateur wrestling background. Is that where he met yeah, Kentucky? He, yeah, probably. Um, I mean, it's in Ohio. It's not Kentucky. Come on. Uh, Darby leaves in frustration. So would I. I would. I would too, man. So would I. We get the ladder match rules. Pretty much every ninety se- ninety seconds, someone enters the fray. Uh, the advantage goes to the first two people. How many people are in this have. ladder match? Do we know? So they announced 
five, and they said nine more spots are going to be filled in. Wow. So there's going to be a lot of people. Wow. This ladder match is going to be incredible, dude. Wow. Okay. So, so far, we like got... kind of money in the bank. So, I might is have it Ray Phoenix, that. Cole Cabana, Orange Cassidy? Um, the, I'm, I'm missing the last two. Just let me. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna Dave Meltzer this. And uh, try to look it up, look it up for an extended period of time. Uh, well, this is great. This is great. YouTube. Here, this is. I'm just gonna right here. It's not on the listing on the Wikipedia article. Here it is: Ray Phoenix, Darby Allen, Cole Cabana, Orange Cassidy, and TBA. Okay, TBA. My money's on TBA. I love TBA. It's in a lot of matches, actually. I always get to announce for a match. Never. Oh, no. Never actually performs. TBA. It's like a. I'm having okay microphone there? problems today. <laughs> I need to figure this out eventually. Okay, where am I? Okay, Lexi Nair interviews Sheeta. This is the segment that you were asking for. Sheeta says she will beat Nyla, and then Nyla Rose interrupts and congratulates her by hitting her head with a kendo stick. And then he, she says, Found your kendo stick, bitch! <laughs> Fucking love that. Uh, she, she Found your kendo stick, bitch! She went straight to Sheeta's head, too. All right. Man, this is AEW, man. We're not... We're not uh, we don't have to abide by any... No headshot rules. No, no, no. Anyways, we'll go go on to our next match: MGF with Wardlow versus Lee Johnson. During the match, Tony announces Britt Baker versus Chris Stantlander and Private Party versus Best Friends at the Buy-in. As I said before, MGF just heals all over Johnson. Lee chops MGF, in which he responds with a slap to the face, power bomb on the apron, and rope. To leave MJF Jawjacks to the face side of the audience. They put over MJF being technically undefeated, undefeated, having never been pinned. Um, the one match that he technically lost was in a was in some fatal four way, which he didn't again didn't get pinned. Yeah. Uh, shoulder breaker and Fujiwara armbar to Johnson for the win. Um, yeah, it's another it's a notch another notch on MJF's badge. They're really building him up. I don't see much sense in him losing to Jungle Boy. Uh, because yeah, he's fighting yeah. him at double or nothing. Yeah. It's a shame because I think Jungle Boy has a lot of upswing to him. Yeah, I but he's tagged. He's tag team division man. He, Jungle Boy right now is him losing as a singles competitor is fine. A post match promo call. He uh, MGF calls out Jungle Boy. Says that he's excited to fight him at double or nothing. Says he's got he's but he says he's got ring rust and asks Lee if he's stiff, which Lee is still dead in the ring says marco stunt has open has an open contract for a match and that mjf signed his name on the dotted line and he says that he's better than you and he and then he whips out his pinky as Wardlow tends to it and you know it and they play his music out his dope ass theme song just announced for next week we have orange casty facing uh phoenix uh that's gonna be fucking hot I can't believe they're giving away Phoenix versus Orange Cassidy on live TV, but what can we say? What can I yeah. say? I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and then we go on to our next match, which I was really inter- I was really interested in going in, see how this is going to go, both ratings wise and just booking wise for Chris Jericho, because it's Shug D, aka Pineapple Pete, versus Chris Jericho. Weeks of irrational hatred has all led to this. Jericho is with his members of the inner circle as Proud and Powerful and, and Sammy are still selling the effects of the match with Hardy and Omega. He's also wearing the Pineapple Peach t-shirt, which... He has, he has a whole, like, Titantron, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, no, I'm talking about Jericho entering with oh, a pineapple okay. Pete shirt. Okay. Doesn't look bad, too. Uh, Jericho slaps Pete. Pete swears and gets bleeped as he does a flurry of strikes on Jericho, flying elbow to the corner, but runs into a Judas effect for the pin and win one, two, three. Thanks for coming, Pineapple Pete. Honestly, um, I this was probably what it needed to be. Yeah. Um, this made Jericho look like an absolute well, villain. Well, that, th- this match and the set and this post match coming after it, I think this was just a fully established Jericho as this as this villain as this. No, you know, honest, honestly, I felt like you know they. What could, do you disagree about on this? The whole booking of the match, I felt like they were talking about ring rust earlier, and a lot of other characters talking about ring. Jericho rust. wrestled last week. Jericho, well, Jericho didn't wrestle last week. Yeah, he did. Against who? He was in the street fight. Oh yeah. Nonetheless, I think they should just they should make Jericho somebody who thinks like, oh, I don't need to take this guy too seriously, but because he didn't take him so seriously I mean he, he kinda did in the he first He could have like, almost lost and needed the inner circle to help him win. I I don't know. I think they needed to make Jericho look strong because I thought this 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 did a lot a ton of favors to How does it make Jericho look strong when More. He, Pineapple Pete? Who's Pineapple Pete? Shug D? Okay. I mean, Some no, dude. but then, of course, but then he, but then the fact that he won in such a swift and fast fashion makes it makes Jericho yeah, yeah, all the more dangerous heading into double or nothing. Like, yeah, it's a good, it's good to have a spotlight on Shug D and Pineapple Pete, but let's not, let's not lose sight of the bigger picture here. And that's the segment that we have post match, in which post match Jericho says the threat of Pineapple Pete has been vanquished. <laughs> I like that he said that. <laughs> Thank God. Um, questions the existence of the elite. Calls out Paige for um, living in the woods, eating a turtle or some he other he's stuff. Bushwhacking, he out, bushwhacking in the North in Carolina the hills, looking for berries. And then he calls out the Bucks, saying Nick uh, questions if Nick Jackson's one hundred percent. He tells them to get their shit together. That puts our shit quota for this week. Uh, calls for st- calls for a stadium stampede match. Pretty much a match in a football stadium against the elite. And then after that, Vanguard One appears with inner cir- with an inner circle shirt, and it's just the smallest, tiniest inner circle. Yeah, it's the one uh, they had like a few weeks like, ago. That he, it's like that a baby trying to give him. It asks if the elite are down to face inner circle. According to Jericho, V One says yes. Then Jericho rescinds the inner circle invitation and introduces V One to Floyd the Bat. And you, like, you see this? But he was holding the bat as he was cutting this promo, and I just like you knew. Like you would knew that he was going to do this to this drone, yeah. but I like how he kind of just like kind of trails off a little bit, kind of just delays the inevitable. But alas, he eventually proceeds to bludgeon the drone to a million little pieces. And <laughs> the funny part is they taunt all over this like just shattered plastic thing. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, Hardy comes but, out. He's all and then like and then Matt died. And then Matt slowly walks in sadness as the inner circle retreats. Like I, if I was the inner circle, maybe because they were just too wounded from the prior match, but they all just like I would imagine they should have. They would have all just beaten up Matt Hardy. At oh, that this point. is Damascus, man. He Come is on. Damascus. Uh, this segment was utterly ridiculous in all the right ways possible yeah. like you see in 2020 you see on national national television you see jericho bludgeon a drone with a baseball bat like what more can you ask for honestly <laughs> uh but yeah a stadium stampede match to me i think that's going to be it's pretty much going to be the inner circle versus the elite um, in the, in that, the- that's that street fight but on steroids and i yeah. want and i and i'm looking forward to what they do there 
fighting all around the football. It's going to be five separate fights breaking up, different camera cuts back and forth. They're going to we'll climb see. on. We'll see. They're going to they're, they're going to climb the, the the field goal post, and then they're going to do, and then the Bucks are going to do a, a Meltzer driver off of that. Yeah, probably something like that. It's going to be the first stadium stadium uh, match. Like, so if you want, if you tick, if you first tick your boxes, AEW is going to have a match inside a stadium. So yeah, stadium stampede match. It's um, yeah, it's. Be crazy. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be looking forward to it. We get a stipulation of the women's title match. No disqualification. Um, Marco Stunt. This is pretty much a rundown of uh, next week's Dynamite. Marco Stunt versus MJF. Arn Anderson. <laughs> I wrote down Arn Anderson versus Jake the Snake. <laughs> like they're not going to much. They're just, no, I, it's, it's they're, a verbal confrontation. They're going to tussle. They're going to push each other a little bit. They're going to get in each other's faces. They're going to hit each other's canes. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Phoenix. And then Moxley versus 10 uh, of the Dark Order. Uh, Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy, and this, and at this point they announce fucking Iron Mike Tyson is presenting hey, the TNT doing? Championship at Double or Nothing. Hey, here you go, um, here you go, Lantacha. Here's your title. I, I completely. Hey, Cody, uh, we're, gonna, go. we're gonna see here oh the TNT God. Championship. So yeah, Iron Mike, that's quite a get for AEW. Um, whether or not it's a question of Mike Tyson's relevancy in 2020, I would say he's still a very relevant name today. Like you, he also likes you, tigers. He has tigers of his own too. Uh huh. Yep. And so, like he, 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 like all over Twitter, there's he was hinting at a possible comeback. Uh, three, he was going to do a three round charity boxing event. I'll do it with um, David Arquette. I'll knock his ass out. I'll knock his teeth down his fucking throat. Yep. That's, that, yeah, that's probably what he would say. I don't know. Yeah, uh, and I like like the way it was the way it's tacked on. Like you would imagine that this was, like this was a like they just somehow got it today. Like because it was very much it seemed like a very added on sort of announcement. Oh my god! Like that. Yeah, yeah, just exactly like that. Uh, that's exactly how Tony Khan sounds every time he gets what he wants. All right, main event time. Christopher Daniels with Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky versus Brody Lee with his Dark Order guns. Uh, remember when we were supposed to be getting the Scorpio Sky video vignettes? Yeah, that stopped. Yeah. Huh. Brody Lee enters with the title belt, corrects Dasha, and makes her say self-proclaimed AEW champion. Christopher Daniels, main event in a nationally televised wrestling show on TNT in the year 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. Good for him. Go figure. Uh, Rody Jajax SCU is Daniel, Daniels Topes and does an Arabian moonsault on the outside. I'm amazed that he can still do that. Big boot to Daniels. All the heat on him as Brody just dominates him. Hope spots from Daniels. Frankensteiner to Brody. Ten interferes but is beaten up by Kaz and Sky. Referee Bryce Remsburg is outside as Daniel throws a chair at Brody. All Dark Order goons brawl against Kaz, Sky, and now Colt Cabana. Remsburg continues the match. Daniels and Lee aren't touched. Angels wings from Daniels. Kicks out at one. Best moonsault ever, the BME for short, kicks out at two. Brody counters a diving nothing into a powerbomb to Daniels. Discus Lariat to Daniels for the pin and win. You know, going into this match, I wasn't really looking forward to it, but I was sort of reminded how good Christopher Daniels is considering his age. I thought it was an okay match. Yeah, I mean, it was a decent match. I'm not a huge Brody Lee. I don't I don't like Brody Lee. You're not sold on Brody Lee? No. He's the same thing, same guy, same wrestler he was when he was in WWE. I don't see anything different. I mean, except for his character. But I mean, like, I think 
his i mean i'm a i'm a fan of his style i kind of i like you know the way he wrestles i think him being a brawler type is gonna gel well with john moxley um he hasn't he hasn't been exactly like he hasn't been exactly lights out, but like I feel like he did, he he only really needs to be for at double or nothing. Yeah. I think that he's really just kind of hitting it where it counts. Yeah. You know, I think he his stint with WWE sort of ingratiates him into really reserving his bullets in the chamber. Yeah. You know, like he's this is going to be a match with Christopher Daniels. This isn't pay per view. I'm going to work a certain level of style that. Well, I'll still he's try he's to captivate the gonna audience. Change, he's not going to change his style because of John Moxley. So I, I mean, not necessarily changing style, just like really upping the ante in regards to what he's doing. You know, why not give that every time you wrestle though? That's just because what John that, Moxley no, but does. then, but then, like I said, that's kind of what his stint of WWE. That's what his stint in WWE kind of just taught him, like working smarter, not exactly doing stuff that you probably shouldn't be doing every week, considering that he's almost wrestling every week. Yeah, and you know uh, I mean, that's see if it works and, out for him. I mean, I. We'll see how it works for him and his character in his black and gold cane suit. But um, I, there's stuff going around where, like, there's kind of a sentiment that I'm sort of feeling that this is probably not main eventing the pay per view. Like, it's either going to be oh no, the it's going to be the Stampede. It's either going to be the TNT Championship or the Stadium Stampede match. Stadium Stampede. Stampede um, it. Stampede it. But yeah, Uh, so post match, he points to Dasha to remind her to call him the self-proclaimed AEW champion, Mr. Brody. Uh, Dark Order and 10 present the title to Lee and then Moxley marches to the ring and beats down each goon one by one. I thought this looked pretty cool. Excuse me. Lee just throws his followers at Moxley to walk him into a paradigm shift. Lee and 10 leaves with the belt. Moxley gets a mic. He admires guts and seizing the opportunity, but he doesn't tolerate disrespect. Says Lee made a foolish decision, foolish, foolish decision, and that he will pay for it with interest. Says the championship is worth more than a piece of metal, and that there will be a hailstorm of violence, and that when the dust settles, Mr. Lee's AEW career will be over before it started. As we get the hard sell for Double or Nothing, and Mo- and Moxley's music plays us out. And that was Dynamite, that of May thirteenth, two thousand and twenty. Overall, a pretty good episode. They're feeding um, Brody Lee. A, they're feeding Brody Lee too early to fucking John Moxley, man. I mean, again, like you how give him far the title? do you really you want him the title? How far? No, huh? Can you give him the title? No. Then why put no. him in this role? Right off the bat, uh, he's looking like I, a loser. To me, I think. To me, I just you kind of come off as somebody who's just not sold on the on the feud itself. Well, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just I like I kind of like I always ha- kind of had uh, tempered expectations with yeah. uh, how much you can really use Brody Lee, and to me, they kind of just show see him as like an upper, an upper level, but like he does have like they kind of see him as having a ceiling, and for him to be this villain of the month, like villain of He's villain of the, the month for Moxley to win, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I well, think, I, if he's villain of the month, then why then why give, make him such a big deal? Why put him in? This because role? they want him. Because they want people to care about this villain of the month. You know? they gonna, can't just they lose. can't just do nothing. They can't just present him like here, Brody Lee. Uh. Like they got to establish him as this villain and as somebody you know to for people to care about the double or nothing pay per view forty nine ninety nine U S dollars. Yeah. And I think Brody Lee is sort of. All, I think he's kind of good for that role. We'll see. Do you do you want more out of him? Yeah, 
I, well, I don't want him in this role right now, right off the bat, right? Right. Coming into AEW. Like you can definitely time. make an argument of him being there to being in the title picture too early. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's one um, thing. He's in it too early. He's would just going to lose. Would you rather have him swap places with Lance Archer? No, I, I, cause they're both just coming in. I mean, cause I see a lot more upswing in Lance Archer. I would rather see a Lance Archer, Dean Amber or Lance Archer, um, John Moxley match for sure. That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. I mean, yeah, I'd rather see that match for sure. But um, I think Brody Lee just being plopped into this, like he's just going to lose. It's going to make him look weak. It's going to make the Dark Order look weak. Why, why? Why? You know, might as well just reset everyone in that Dark Order then. I mean, you could still have the Dark Order, but like Brody Lee would just not have the championship. All I like, know, I is- think, I think, he, honestly, I feel he can he can take the loss because I see Dark Order like. As, as at a certain level, all I anyway, know is they don't from take, the get go. They don't take care of their people because Evil Uno posted on Twitter says he needs a gaming chair. Mister Lee, get him a gaming chair. I mean, he doesn't even let his people eat until after he eats. That's what true. makes you think he's going to get him a gaming chair? Well, he's Evil Uno. He's the evil one. It Nonetheless, does not discriminate from- AEW Dynamite. We as of this week, are you sold on Double or Nothing? Uh, are you willing to drop? Fifty dollars for this pay- for this no, empty arena pay per view. Well, if I had just a bunch of money, I mean, sure, I would, but no, not willing no. to at this point. I mean, I'll watch it. I'm gonna. Okay, you're gonna watch it, but you're gonna not. You're gonna say no. no I mean, I'm gonna say no. I'm not I, sold I, on on buying it right now. Is what I'm okay. saying. Will okay. I buy it? Yeah. yeah. Next week. Well, next week. Um, next week should definitely be a hotter show than yeah. this one considering it's taped and considering it's a bit of a more controlled tempered environment i feel like you can tell when shows are taped and we can i mean considering because there are no pictures there was no picture in picture on this one yeah. but i would imagine the hard sell for next week would tip me over the edge because i'm not exactly sold in double nothing but the more i look at this card the more i think like damn like they're really gonna they're really gonna do something special with this one that ladder match, I, I'm, I'm the, that's the one. I, that's the one that's actually kind of single-handedly selling on this yeah. pay-per-view. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely talk about that more uh, coming up uh, next week too. So before double, yeah, next week should be a, a friggin' banger. Uh, let's move into our weekly NXT review. You know, I got you on on lock with that. I feel like fucking what's his name, um, Conrad. Sometimes when he just mumbles and he just says random words. Yeah, like uh, Conrad. I, like, I just say things that, um, yeah, NXT. NXT this week uh, kicked off with Imperium versus Riddle and Thatcher defending their right NXT. Right off the bat. Uh, defending their NXT tag team titles. Uh, Thatcher and Bartell start the match. Thatcher working Bartell down to the ground with an arm lock. Uh, Bartell tags out, goes after Riddle on the outside. They brawl. Thatcher seems pissed that Riddle wasn't in his corner for a tag while Eichner gets a belly-to-back slam on Thatcher. Imperium eventually isolates Riddle in the ring. Riddle is desperately trying to make a tag and inadvertently knocks out Thatcher by monkey-flipping Marcel Bartel uh, into Timothy Thatcher. And that's when uh, Timothy Thatcher just leaves. He's like, ah, screw it, I'm done. Uh, That's when that prompts Matt Riddle to yell, Tim! Tim! Uh, Imperium does what so. uh, Imperium does what any good heel team does. And oh, attempt- they were so psyched when that happens. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. they attempt their finisher, uh, but uh, you know they're not they're not just fighting anyone. They're fighting one of the most athletic people on the NXT roster. 
Um, he tries oh, to yeah. fence oh, him off yeah. for a little bit. Riddle breaks free, knees to Bartel, but Eichner breaks free of the bro to sleep. Imperium takes control. European bomb to Riddle. Uh, Marcel Bartel gets the pin on Riddle, and they become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Um, I thought this was a pretty dumb storyline for a match. What? Um, the, I think for the match, yeah, it was a dumb storyline. It was a very like, why'd you hit me? What? That could have been say, an accident. I, I, I thought this match, um, it, it told the story it needed to be telling where like it was just like if you put, I mean, listen, I mean, if you're putting this into a vacuum, it'd be kind of dumb for Timothy Thatcher just because he's he's too blind in rage. You know, but then when you put into the fact that he has to tolerate with Matt Riddle week after week with the whole newly bro show and just like I, this was just more or less the tipping point of Timothy Thatcher just done with Matt Riddle. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I thought the good uh, back and forth between the two, uh, between Riddle and Imperium was good at the end. I just I'm never a fan of Thatcher. Matches. What? I, like I thought that. he was. I thought he was. I think. I think he's awesome. Great look, great wrestler. Just not a fan of mat-based wrestling matches. Like really slow. That's mat-based just not wrestling. your preference. It's not my preference. You know, I, I disagree. Next up, we have the NXT Superstar Facts of the Week, sponsored by Geico. Charlotte Flair became the first ever multiple WWE Raw, SmackDown, and NXT Women's Champion by defeating Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Did you know that, Michael? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Corey's um, NXT Superstar Facts of the Week, sponsored by Corey. That's me. He doesn't like good wrestling. <laughs> no. <laughs> Matt based. No, it's okay. Hello? Oh, sorry. I just heard something weird. Um, sorry. Uh, Cassius Ono. Uh, this is my Superstar Fact of the Week. Uh, Cassius Ono uh, handed out free Cassius Ono Lakers-themed T-shirts to everyone outside a GCW show in Los Angeles in November of 2017. That's your Corey's NXT Superstar Facts of the Week. Uh, We go back to NXT with McKenzie with Thatcher backstage. He says, I told Riddle, you knock him out, I'll tap him out. But no, he's going to do game shows. He's throwing his flip-flops, bro, all that stuff. I want to just be tag champs, but not with a hot mess like that. He's tired of his bullshit. (laughs) In walks Matt Riddle. They brawl. Hey. Yeah. What was that all about, man? And they brought. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, then we moved on to. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's just. I, I knew this was going to happen, but it just seemed really like this whole episode was just. It was weird how it just like happened. Was, that was the this this whole entire storyline revolved around these two. I mean, the whole entire show was. I feel like months, like months worth of their storyline could have just happened in a night. Um, then we have Tegan Knox versus Indy Hartwell. Um, Indy starts the match by yelling, you're not impressive, because she's Australian and she has an accent. Uh, Hartwell made look actually pretty strong in this match. Apparently, one of Knox's nicknames is Lady Kane, because she does a choke slam. Yeah, because she would dress up as Kane for Halloween. Okay. She does a choke slam. She does a choke slam. And she has red hair, I guess. Uh, Knox hits a cannonball to a flying body splash off the top ropes. Indy Hartwell, the shiniest wizard. And the pin and the win, and uh, she looked really annoyed post match. Was like, man, what's this? What's Indy Hartwell's deal? She said it wasn't uh, impressive, uh, and then she just got her hand raised. And that, like, I thought they were kind of hinting at like a possible heel turn because, of course, that would happen. The most pure baby face out of NXT would just no. She's a uh, who are they um, depicting her as uh, Miss Universe? No, uh, Miss Marvel, Mister Mar- Miss Marvel. What's her name? Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. There you go. Uh, then we cut to Rhea Ripley backstage. Um, she doesn't want Charlotte to be NXT Women's Champion. She's second, sir. 
Go figure. Yeah, it was a backstage promo. Uh, Riddle on a FaceTime call with R- William Regal. Uh, Thank you. Okay, Thank boy. You. Uh, Thank you. Mackenzie wants Thank to know you. what they were talking about. Riddle informs <laughs> him that he has a match with Thatcher tonight. Thatcher attacks Riddle and again leading to Thatcher throwing a computer monitor at Riddle. Uh, yeah. Which the ref runs up and replies, that's, that's too far. That's too far, man. That's, that's too, too far. far. That's too far. Is that man, the same talk ref? talk to me. Is that the same ref that told Seth Rollins, that's not you. That's not you. Oh, my God. Um, So then. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, that that could have happened. That could have happened like next week. Like, I got a match with Thatcher tonight. I don't know. Um, Next up, Tony Nese versus Jake Atlas. Uh, Before the match, Byron Saxton was with Jake Atlas backstage. He says, to mathematically stay alive this turn in this tournament, you need to have a win tonight. What are your final thoughts as you head into the ring? Uh, Atlas says, Brian or uh, Byron, it's do or die situation for me. I have to beat a former cruiserweight champion. And as the biggest Drake Maverick fan, I hope he beats Kushida and forces a tie, but I can't get caught up in thinking that I need to think about right now. Hey, so the thing is, yeah, I know. if Drake Maverick wins, He's 2-1 and alongside means- Jake Atlas, but then Jake Atlas would win that tiebreaker because if we're going by G1 rules, Jake Atlas would win that tiebreaker because Jake Atlas beat Drake Maverick. So Did he beat Kushida? Anything- oh, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, no, he would win the tournament then. Yeah. That's why he's rooting for Jake, for Drake Maverick. Uh, this is pretty 2018-205 live match. I mean, there's yeah. really not much to get into that. Uh, Atlas does mount a comeback at the end, knocking Nice off the top rope. Atlas hits now what they're calling not the not the cartwheel DDT. They're calling the rainbow DDT now, which I guess is a better name for it, considering Jake Atlas has, you know, he's openly gay, or at least he was. He can't say it, but he can hint at it, which is weird. What can you do, man? <laughs> what? What can you do, man? I could bitch about it on the show is what I can do. Uh, uh, you know, that's just... That's, uh, yeah. not, not a fan of this match. Atlas is a fantastic wrestler. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen. I said it once and I'll say it again. The second Jake Atlas signed on the dotted line, nothing would surprise me at this point. Uh, then we have an undisputed Zoom call. But he won. But he won. Yeah, he won. So yeah. he, he's still alive. An undisputed Zoom hey, call. Hey, guys. Uh, Kyle um, O'Reilly and Adam Cole start the match. They said they said Kyle O'Reilly is on the set. He has uh, dignitaries and A-listers. He's with Arnold and all this other stuff. They pretty much said he's all filming a movie, which, you know, I say that all the time whenever I'm, like, gone for extended periods of time. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it was, you know, them talking. Bobby Fish joins in, joined by Roddy. I think it's funny when Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole are on. They're like, oh, the original three, the original three. And then Roddy like pops We're on pretty there. much doing They're like, hey, Roddy. Yeah, and then like, and then they said um, they don't get Dexter Loomis. <laughs> I mean, they're like, "What's up with Dexter Loomis?" I don't know. No, hey, man, not a lot of people do get Dexter Loomis. He's a he's misunderstood. Yeah, right. Um, so I mean, they all. It's Dexter funny because they're all like, "Somebody needs to take out Dexter Loomis." On a count of three, everyone say who you think should take him out. They all say Roddy at the same time. And they all just laugh for 30 seconds. Oh, and I love it. Every time someone comes on, it's like, hey, Bobby. (laughs) 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 Hey, bro. 
<laughs> yeah, that's great. It's just like typical dudes you find in the marina. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after this, uh, Carrie and Cross video package with uh, Scarlet. The end is near. As the they song choose the Armageddon 2003 theme song. The end is near. Yeah. 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 So yeah, they're talking about Champa being the first victim, and yeah, I mean they they look good. They're, these guys, I mean, carrying he's a guy who just tries, like, like, God bless him, but then it's just, it's too much, dude. Like, they, they try too hard to become, like, these these sadistic monsters. Like, ah, I'm so angry. Look I, at me. I'm not a human being. Oh, God. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. It's just too much, honestly. Like, it's to a point where you just kind of just find it amusing. The same way I find Psycho Sid amusing, like Sid Justice, where it's yeah. like, look at this guy. Yeah. What's his deal? Like, there's not nothing really. Like, yeah, there is like a threatening edge to him, but it's just nothing really. Is, like, I, I don't feel intimidated when he kind of just shows his teeth and does this all the time and all that. And yeah, that's my kind. Of, that's just more or less my opinion mm-hmm. on Carry On Cross and Killer. Honestly, Killer Cross in general. And I say this as somebody who was thoroughly impressed when he was at Triple Mania that one time. Oh, I mean, I, I was impressed when I saw him live that one time at West Coast Pro Wrestling. So I mean, he's, yeah, he's a he's a menacing human being. It's just when he does this, when he makes this face, I can't. I, can't take them seriously sometimes um yeah they have a video package next up uh, mackenzie she's backstage with swerve she uh swerve says he's not one of those guys that came into this tournament to not to even get a single win if that was him he would just quit wrestling harsh words for somebody who just lost the tournament with no wins uh nxt or sorry uh then we followed by dx there at nxt or at least Three fifths of DX or three six or three sevenths or three eighths, whatever the fuck. Keep going. You can try. Faction or fraction it is. Uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Road Dog are backstage. Uh, they don't wear DX stuff anymore and they just wear NXT stuff. Um, so they basically just announced the next NXT TakeOver is going to be NXT TakeOver in your house because, hey, we're in our houses, right? That's, that was a really, really funny line. Um, about SmackDown? Which I, normally don't, which I normally don't say in regards to DX and Road Dog, where uh, Road Dog appears out of nowhere, and then I think Sean or, my, uh, Sean or Hunter asks, where'd you come from? He just says, down there. <laughs> he just throws a bunch of glow sticks at him. I thought that was really funny. Um, yeah, no, so this is, uh, yeah, I, I like the part where they were they were kind of making fun of their segment on SmackDown, too, a few weeks ago, Shawn Michaels and Triple yeah. H. Just because they can, man. Just because they can. I yeah. Uh, the whole story about this was, you know, twenty five years ago is they first uh, in your house, which was like May fourteenth, I believe, and uh, they talk about them all having matches there, including Triple H, which he doesn't want to remember because he faced Henry Godwin in like a what was it? A, a bunch pig, of shit. A, a pig pen match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so, would try to forget about that too. So I mean, hey, if uh, if I can win a house at this pay per view, I'm gonna like this pay per view. I heard there was a. Do you really want to win a house? Like, what if they give no. you a house, but you still got to pay the mortgage? No, you got to pay property taxes. No, I mean, more. Why are they going to give you a house that's not paid for? Yeah, <laughs> we put a down I payment that, on it. Here you go. I legitimately, I think that was the case. I think that's what hap- actually happened. No, I think it, what it is most of the time is it's a fully paid for house, and they usually you have to pay there property, was, property yeah, taxes. There was an article concerning that, like where it just became such a burden on them, so they eventually just sold it. Which, hey, you know. Yeah, that's that's kind of an upsell. Uh, here's an upsell: Finn Balor versus Cameron Grimes. 
Uh, it's grime time, man. This, uh, this is a good match. Uh, what can I say? Getting into this match. Uh, I wasn't too look, looking forward to this too much, but hey, they really paper, uh, it was, you know, they sold me. Genuinely talented individuals. I'll say more so for Cameron Grimes. Uh, He's been sort of impressing me throughout. More so for Cameron run. Grimes. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Prince Devitt. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Uh, Grimes goes after Balor like he would any jobber trying to hit the cave in out of the gate, but this ain't no jobber. This is the real deal. Scratch and sniff Finn Balor. Happy meal. Uh, they go back and forth brawling on the mad Balor goes for the sling blade, but Grimes reverses into a spinning side slam. Grimes holding his own against Balor. Even at one point he has Balor on the ground and he yells, I'm going to slap the piss out of you, Balor. And he proceeds to slap the piss out of him. Uh, Balor fights back and hits a double stomp, running pun to kick to Grimes on the outside. And then who should appear behind Finn Balor? But Damien Priest. Uh, he hey, pops out from, from the crowd section. Would anybody like a banana? Uh, no, it's any- just turn up the bass in your just turn up the bass in your mixer so you can yeah, don't do it. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it now. It'll take you too long to figure it out. Um, uh, Balor strikes Priest, um, then hits the sling blade on Grimes. Uh, Priest whips it out and hits Balor with his long black. Oh God! Oh, okay. <laughs> hits him with his long black nightstick. Uh, cave into Balor and Cameron Grimes gets the pin and the win. After the match, Damian Priest hits the reckoning on Balor on a solid steel chair. He says, "If you want the big push, no, sorry, that's bad." He goes, if "Andre you, the Giant." <laughs> if you want the big push, then why don't you take out the Prince? I just don't know. I was gonna be like, "That's cool." But I liked it. I really liked it three weeks ago. So, okay, bye. That's exactly what he said. Thanks, Damien Priest. No problem. So uh, and then he shoots his, imag- his imaginary arrow at the screen, and his name appears, and he walks away. So uh, I, I think it's funny when he says, uh, no, it's I, nice I like it. Nice I, to be able to do that at will. I liked it. He was. I liked it as much as I did three weeks ago. Uh, Mar, I was like, oh, my God. He's the one, he's the one who attacked Balor. Yeah. Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Jack Gallagher. Uh, Swerve comes out to the ring, and uh, just like Kenny Omega, he's attacked coming down by, uh, but not by um, the uh, Proud and Powerful, but by t- Tony Nese. Tony Nese attacks uh, Swerve coming down because he talks shit earlier because Tony Nese didn't get a single win in this tournament, and he's not going to quit wrestling. Salty. Uh, Swerve. Um, he does fight off some of Jack Gallagher's attacks, uh, gets a house call to Gallagher. Uh, Gallagher does hit a spinning uh, forearm, though, to Swerve, pin, and the win. Swerve has been eliminated in the tournament. Jack Gallagher gets to – he pretty much fulfills the spoiler prophecy that was originally teased by that Jake Atlas match. Yeah. Um, like, so, okay, like so we broke down the B block, uh, breakdown for what's going to happen. If Kushida beats Maverick, then he goes to the finals. But if Maverick wins, there's a tie, a three-way tie, Kushida, Atlas, and Drake Maverick, which it could have a three-way. I can see that happening. Honestly. They could have a three-way match. And the it's, winner Murph, it's, it's somewhat, it's, it's somewhat Murphy's law at that point where they just straight up, if it can happen, it probably will happen. <laughs> Uh, and then the A block winner is going to be the winner of Phantasma versus Akira Tozawa next week, which will probably be Phantasma. I'm guessing. I mean, Tozawa, like that dude is a—he's uh, Mister Wednesday Night. Clearly not Monday. Uh, night. I feel like they're going to do Phantasma versus uh, Kashida, which would be a great match at NXT Takeover in your house. Okay. Home invasion. Kaden, of the WWE variety. Caden Carter versus Aaliyah. This is a nothing in- match. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. Can we just move on? Yeah. Robert uh, Stone came, appeared and is like, ah. And then ah. Leo's all like, ah. And, and then she gets pinned. And then she says, ah. Big win for Caden Carter. Yeah. Uh, Robert Stone. I don't know, there. man. I don't know what they're doing with this. Like, it's this whole Robert Stone brand thing. It's like, hey, let's just grab all of the least talented people, women in our women's roster and just put them into one stable. Well, they're not. They're not in a stable. She was never in the stable. He was trying to recruit him like you. He was scouting her. Yeah. Scouting her. Next up, we have a new edition of Keeping Up with the Garganos. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't like these. These packages where they're at home. Really? No. I liked one one part, and you know which part that was. Um, But there's the whole thing of them just eating dinner, talking back and forth. Because Candice LeRae doesn't seem into these video packages at all. She's like, yeah, uh uh-huh. Well, I okay, great. Yes, honey, I agree. It's just very uh, monotone of her. I don't know. Uh, at least when Gargano's talking, when she's talking, she seems fully into it. But when Gargano's talking, she's just like, uh huh, yeah, okay, sure, that's great, honey. Um, they're watching highlights of his of Gargano's match versus Dijak. He starts to focus on Keith Lee. Um, then. Candice LeRae starts focusing on Mia Yim. Kind of the first time they pointed out Mia Yim and Keith Lee being a couple. They didn't say they were a couple, but kind of said they hang out together, you know? I mean, my main gripe with this segment was like the whole inner monologue, like that evil monologue of LeRae and Gargano, where it's like, yeah, no, what I'm about to do. I'm about to, and then like they just, it's it's one of those things where they, they clearly shot it three times of them making the monologue, but then they move their head at a different pace. So they yeah. just put the opacity overlay up on it. Yeah, everyone knows what you're talking about. I mean, that's just, that's no. just basic editing. Uh, uh, one. Yeah. Um, yeah it, and and these monologue and these evil monologues went too fucking long. Like yeah. I was looking at it for like, I was just watching it for about, 10 seconds i'm like okay i get it and i just like there's one on my phone there's one part though where it's funny because she goes uh, cancel says they have me face people like casey canizaro gargano replies yeah she's a ninja a ninja candace goes she's not a ninja he goes oh well she's a warrior candace goes she's not a warrior gargano american. goes well she's american candace goes yeah yeah, yeah she's american so uh, that, that that actually had me laughing for a second and uh, next up, we have, uh, oh, yeah, no, I was talking about next week, Kushida, Drake Maverick, Phantasma, Akira Tozawa, Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai. And then we go to a main event yeah. time. Man, I can definitely, I mean, Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. No. Because I can oh, see Rhea Ripley just fun. winning. Uh, well, yeah. Or it's going to be like another, I mean, I can definitely see just. A fuck finish. and, and a, yeah. yeah, and they're going to set up a triple threat, clearly. Uh, Timothy is going to eat the pin. Timothy Thatcher versus Matt Riddle is the main event. Um, yeah. And then Bro comes out. He's not selling his injuries at all from earlier in the night. And we have a lot of Matt based wrestling. Feels more like an MMA match than it is a pro wrestling match. Like I said, it, it, this is a type of match that greatly benefits from a from a no audience show. I really liked the way this match was flowing, dude. Um, the two exchange holds on the mat. Um, Bro to sleep to Thatcher and knees up while Riddle goes for a moonsault. Riddle rolls out of the Fujiwara armbar and yells to Thatcher, You're not my bro! Which had me fucking cracking up. Um, the uh, the two started rolling around again. Thatcher uh, is pinned. And uh, yeah. So this is not a nowhere technical prowess win. Um, it was dumb. It was a dumb. What? You didn't, it you made didn't... him look stupid. 
He wasn't a hell. I mean, it's just because he, he was surprised. I mean, he was like, "What?" Just, you can get caught. He was blinded by rage. That um, no, yeah, that he's again, not I, smart I in the was, ring. Then he's not smart yeah. in the ring. Well, then that's just gonna make that's just gonna put more fuel to the fire of Thatcher wanting to fight be Rick. better. Thatcher, fun. like he wants to, he wants he, he would want to he wants to run it back, as you might say. And I'm looking forward to, the, to this match because the match that they showed us. This week, like the match between these two guys, I was kind of in, I was thoroughly enjoying it. Like yeah. both these guys have really big wrestling backgrounds, and they just knew what there's two dudes who knew what the fuck they were doing, yeah. and um, told a pretty good story throughout the show. You know, it showed it, it showed Matt like Matt Riddle as this more serious character, knowing like him having this more not like a more aggressive side, but as like not much not much comedy in his end. It's like a, like one of the more serious storylines that he's. He's in in regards to his friction with Timothy Thatcher, and I thought Thatcher showed it, it showed that he belonged here, like in WWE. Like, and it's yeah, easy sure. for him to do that when he's in NXT and when he's with somebody of similar stature with um, with Matt Riddle. And I, I'm I'm going as far as to say this was match of the week, both matches of Riddle and everything involving Matt Riddle and Thatcher. I'm I'm enjoying what they're what they're doing. Come on, that Aaliyah um, that Aaliyah match. Whew. I mean, you could say that as your match of the week. That's no qualms about that. You can, you can claim that. You can claim that. You can All claim right. that. Well, that about does it here for us. That was NXT. That was AEW Dynamite. That was the B show. That was the greatest episode we've ever recorded. Charlie Caruso was correct. She said it herself. Guys, yeah. don't forget to like, share, and subscribe at CWR415 Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, we'll be back next week with more B show. Looking forward to it. Guys, have a wonderful day. And we'll see you later. Bye. Yeah.